1: All right, you are listening to Mystery Parenthood. That that, uh, music ought to be there. Um, Be the reminder, we've switched not too long ago, but do slow down and take a moment here to listen. We have a great guest, but we'll, um, we'll let's start with our prayer like we always have.
2: Good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray pray for for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray pray for us. us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, welcome yeah. to the Mystery of Parenthood. And we have joining us today, Dr. Sarah Bartell. She's going to hopefully become a regular here on the, on the Mystery of Parenthood. Welcome, Sarah.
3: Oh, hello. It's so great to be here with you guys.
1: <laughs> and Sarah's great tapping in from seattle is that right or yeah. thereabouts
3: yeah that's right Close. i know i'm like instead of you guys i
4: should
2: have said you all sorry, yeah.
4: <laughs> y'all, that's okay That's okay. Can, in
2: seattle. yes i'm sure we can't complain about our you know 40 degree weather 50 degree weather y'all are y'all probably have a little bit colder up there
1: <laughs> well so so to start i know well, sarah Oh, is good. it? Is it nice? It's cold here. It is. But, it's cold um, and wet.
2: Feels like Seattle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Seattle. Yeah, There's no no <laughs> blue sky. Around forty degrees.
3: Oh, so sunny, sunny, blue skies, forty degrees. Oh, it's, yeah. a,
1: it's about. Wow. 40. We had a
3: big snow that shut the whole city down for weeks, and it was like six inches. I don't know if that's what you guys get down there, but it was kind of
4: <laughs> funny because
3: you know the Midwest is used to giant snows, but we get a few inches and everyone freaks out. I kid you not, the bread shelves at my grocery store were.
2: Cleared out the oh day before my. the snow was expected. Wow,
1: uh, that, yeah. that's, that's wow. That happens.
2: That but, happens with tornadoes and hurricanes around here. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and snow. If Not it, snow. It, yeah, there's <clears throat> hardly ever any snow down here. Our kids would kill for it. But
4: <laughs> oh, okay. But
1: uh, but anyway, um, we're we're going to talk about weddings and marriage and and all that kind of fun stuff. But we wanted to talk about you, give you a chance to talk about your the book because we are. Um, We want to use that because you have some such great questions in there. And I think last time you were on, we did kind of talk in general about it. But Mm -hmm. could you give our Mm -hmm. people a heads up on that so they can go get it?
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, It's called A Catechism for Family Life, Insights from Catholic Teaching on Love, Marriage, Sex, and Parenting. So it's edited by myself, Sarah Bartel, and then John Grabowski from Catholic University. And we have a whole section in this book on, wedding, on weddings and also on marriage preparation. So I thought I'd just crack my copy of the book open to that section for our awesome. conversation.
2: Yes, we for would love that. There's tidbits in there that... Yes, yeah. we would love that. We're we're looking forward to, to receiving our copy for for Trevor for Trevor and Lisa, who are yeah. uh, our oldest and his fiance and and, and yeah, ourselves. Mary's <laughs> prep has
1: been central to my my journey for a while for the together in uh-huh. God's love. So I, I' it's One right. of my favorite one of my favorite one of my favorite topics. So we also have Thaddeus here, who's over there working and. Make sure how you doing Trey <laughs> how you doing Stephanie I was wondering when I was gonna get included in this show today so hey, you look geez. busy
2: you were over there you're, being the Wizard of Oz
1: yeah you're that don't mind that man behind the right. curtain <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to say that uh this is gonna be this is pre-recorded but it's airing on Fat Tuesday <laughs> the day before Lent. Yes. Wow and I want to invite all of our listeners even. Listeners who may be listening to us not in Bryan College Station, if, if Sarah has by this time gotten a devoted following for herself on this show up in Seattle, they can participate in our Lenten Listening Challenge. We're asking people to add an hour of Catholic radio every day during Lent to support you in your Lenten disciplines of prayer, fasting, almsgiving. We really hope that that can be a boon to your your faith life to your spiritual life, and you can come out more uh, more convicted and closer to our Lord at Easter. So check out that Lenten listening challenge.
1: Awesome. Yes, everybody do that. So so on on that note, um, I don't know, I lent in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and marriage. There's... There's a connection there, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: ironically, ironically, you're not supposed to get
0: married during Lent, right? You're not supposed to have a right. a, a wedding during Lent, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm.
1: But that's good, I guess. Oh. Um, we didn't. Yeah, you want right? to <laughs> start with that? <laughs> yeah, I Sarah? start with that. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't know if that's where you wanted to start, but but, but.
4: no, perfect. I
3: was thinking of that because yeah, you know, it's that season it. It's more penitential. So my sister just got married uh, the first Saturday of February. And so, you know, oh. sort of getting it in before <laughs> Lent starts. <And> then, um, <laughs>
4: uh.
3: Yeah, but no weddings during this season. But then it's so beautiful. The church rejoices during the whole Easter season. And there's tons of first communions and mm-hmm. confirmations and weddings. And, you know, it's just that definitely helps, helps us really feel like the whole body of Christ, you know, together
4: that's got a good rhythm
0: that's a neat another sacramental aspect to our our faith um and that embodied aspect to it that yeah we're serious about what we mean when we're stripping away the the you know the joys and the and the goods we're giving up certain good things during lent even applies to weddings yeah i i yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about it but but um Did did you? Did Joel get married during Lent? No, we did not. We got married during (laughs) Advent. I I thought maybe like do you (laughs) need to to tell some truth here or something?
2: So will a priest not marry someone during Lent?
0: Sarah, isn't it? I mean, can you can get a dispensation for it, right? But in an extreme circumstance, but I think on the whole they won't. They just won't do it, right?
3: Like maybe you're heading off to war or something. Yeah, speculating here, but yeah, I think. And I think there's guidelines. Like I know our archdiocese of Seattle, it it's got this whole you know series of guidelines on when you can have your wedding. Definitely not Good Friday ever. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that makes sense. I yeah. think there's one other day too. But yeah.
1: Well, I I mean I I all I know is that when you talk about weddings, for most of us, I think the first things that come, in, the stories start start coming. Oh sure, because it's the it's the. Uh-huh. I mean it's a seminal moment. It's, it's it's right there at the I don't know, a crossroads when you actually make a decision to go away and now, you know, 30 years later as I look back, I'm thinking of all the different things that are going on. But what is I guess one of the questions I'd ask is one of the, what what is a, what makes a Catholic wedding different than than another one uh, because other than the amount of time you spend as I mentioned off air, <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy say that he knew marriage, He knew marriages that that were uh, over quicker than than the wedding that we just attended. So, um, other than maybe the length, um, what would you say? What would what would you say would be the differences? Uh, positive differences.
3: Well, I would say one real st- a difference that a lot of brides and grooms. Today, especially, are going to notice is we have set formulas for the wedding vows. You can't oh, just yeah. write your own mm-hmm. wedding vows. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good thing. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then you make sure you get all the essentials in there. And I kid you not, when my husband and I were um, in college, one of my friends got married and she was in the drama department. And um, <laughs> she and her husband wrote their vows and they were. Secret until the day of the wedding. So, the day of the wedding, she writes something really beautiful, you know, and eloquent. And then he writes a Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme oh, wedding bell no. I love you in a house. I will love you with a mouse. Oh,
4: and, right? No. So, <laughs>
3: moments like that, I just think, thank goodness for oh. our centuries of tradition. Distilling all these the essentials of vows into a precise formula to make sure you got everything covered. what oh, needs to be said. Yes. That's
1: a great point. You know, a lot of people, you know, get on the Catholic Church for the fact that they that it is, but but it is a blessing, I think, to have, you know, that that you know what you're saying, and and I imagine that's part of what you would say, marriage prep is meant to to kind of know what the heck you're getting into. <laughs> Right.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Like read those vows ahead of
1: time. So, what are the key? Yeah. What are the, the vows key components? So
3: powerful.
1: What are the key to components to well, the um, vows?
3: I'll I'll just read it because I've actually I've got my book open here and we included this in the book. So this is question thirty five. Can we write our own vows?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And. Um, So, you know, the first source, because we include all these excerpts from church teaching to answer the questions that we put in the book. Which is awesome. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we took this from the Order of Celebrating Matrimony, which just got a new facelift. It got a new translation in 2016.
4: Hmm. And
3: this is the formula for exchange of consent. So this is the traditional, I mean, I guess the main form. I husband, take you, bride, to be my wife, to be my wife or husband. I promise to be faithful to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, to love you and honor you all the days of my life. Mm -hmm. And then there's another version, which actually comes to us from the English tradition, Mm -hmm. like from the Anglican Book of Common Prayer, and it's, so I take you to be my lawful wife or husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. So either mm-hmm. one of those totally valid options. Mm-hmm. And you've got options within that. You can memorize them and then say them totally, you know, from mm-hmm. memory
4: mm-hmm.
3: to each other at the altar. Or you can have the priest, like, coach you line by line, and then you just repeat after the priest. So, yeah, choices,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah when anyway, i had I had no choice, my wife said you will be memorizing,, this. <laughs> really? yeah. and it's got to come out like, no, like you mean it. <laughs> Say it like
3: you mean it And so, uh, did you remember
1: it I did, I did. yeah, I really did yeah. uh, but I, but now that you said it wow. again i I'm, I'm yeah. not, you know, but yeah. you spend the rest of your life actually living those out, I guess that's a Catholic my you know right. one of my one of my uh Favorite professors, a man named Tim Herman. I don't know. He's he's at the Augustine Institute now, mm-hmm. but but he used to always say, "Hey, to be Catholic is to be punchable." And uh, when I got married, I got a, a good understanding of punchable. <laughs> oh, no, come <laughs> <just kidding>. on! <laughs> She's never hit me once. To be slappable. But I think I think what I mean by is is that uh, that, that wouldn't you say that? I mean, like that, that you you say those words, but then you spes- spend the rest of your life actually. As a couple, if you're if you're trying to live in accord with the sacrament, what the church teaches is living that out in sickness and yes. health, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah, it's right because it's not. It, I think one really beautiful thing about Catholic weddings, and not just the whole Catholic understanding of marriage, is you don't just get married that one day. Like it's hmm. you you forge your marriage. You know, like you live that sacrament every day of your married life after it, you're continually saying your vows and living them out, mm. taking out the garbage. You know?
4: That's right. <laughs> I, th- I think,
0: I think another beautiful true. thing about the fact that there are certain parameters and guidelines and traditions that the, the, the new couple, the betrothed couple is supposed to sort of fit themselves into is it. Sort starts to habituate them to the fact that, they're not the first couple in human history to ever do this before, and they're not going to be the last couple oh, to ever yeah. do it and it's It's something that's humbling it it teaches you that um you're you you are special but you're not um you're not uh special in the way that uh the kind of the consumer individualistic Mm -hmm. society wants to make you that this is going to be the, this is the best day of your life, the greatest day of your life, the most, it's got to be unforgettable that I think the whole Catholic sacrament of marriage and the wedding ceremony really kind of pushes back against that. Like you're saying, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the starting point for this
1: working out and living out of what love really is. So do you, do you, do you find, I don't know, do, do you find I don't know what I've talked to people. I, I, and I ask, I always say, look, I mean, if you stay married like you're supposed to long, you know, down the road, you're going to have bad days. So, I mean, that day may be the most beautiful, most wonderful day that it was for us, but you know, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer or whatever, but, but I think do you, I mean, you make an effort to tell the people that you're working on, Hey, you know, you're going to have some really bad days. <laughs> As a couple, I mean, if you stay together long enough, I mean, there's going to be some bad things that happen to you. There's going to be bad things that you do to one another. And I mean, I've heard people say, well, why do you have to talk about that? I'm like, well, because I don't want to be shocked. I mean, what do you say?
3: Well, I think that's really important because, um, what is it? I think John Paul II said spouses are the permanent reminder to the church of what Christ did on the cross. Like the cross is right there. It's really central to the mm-hmm. sacrament of marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. it gets its grace from Jesus, you know, grace that he pours forth on the cross. And that um, when we go through those crosses, like all the suffering that you're going to experience together in life, like, you know, that's not the end. And, you you know, that's not, first of all, the end of like this romantic high, that marriage isn't just all about this feeling of, you know, this emotional High romantic feeling, there's a lot more depth to it than that. And it's sort of those crosses that like carve you deeper and bond you closer mm-hmm. together. And there's resurrection on the other side. Yes. I just think about in our almost 20 years of marriage, my husband and I have been through, um, there was a, a death in um, our close family. We've been through uh, unemployment. Twice. I had different postpartum anxiety, you know, postpartum depression and anxiety. And, you know, we went through some hard times that mm-hmm. were really um, challenging. But then each time coming through, we just felt closer and we received more grace from it. And, you know, it, it really, it's not the end. It, like, it's like yeah. the door that opens into an even broader vista, I guess.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: That's no, technology. I would totally agree with that. I, it makes me think of um, we had a married couples group. Um, well several married couples group we'd meet in, in our homes um, Kind of, I think that's how you and Lefty and Ashley McCullough know one another and how we found you yes, but yes do. yes so that's we right. had that same scenario here where there were multiple you know um, couples that would meet in homes but then we'd come together um, you know I think like once a I think we were really good at it. at one point we were doing it like once Some a quarter lot. Yeah, know no once a quarter like the all the couples coming oh, together yeah, okay and, oh, yeah. I will, and we'd have a speaker sometimes, and, and uh, right. I will never forget when um, uh, one of the, the gentlemen that spoke said, uh, men, you need to love your wives like this, and he pulled out a crucifix and like banged it on, you know, like oh. put it on the podium, and it was like, you could have heard a pen drop, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, wow, true.
0: <laughs> I remember the priest who was doing our marriage prep with us, one of our, I think it was our last meeting with him we were just wrapping up conversations and I remember him pointing to the crucifix behind his desk and sa- just saying, remember that is the best icon for marriage that you can possibly find. That's the best image for what your vows to one another are supposed it's to supposed look to like look that like. you can find.
1: Yeah. Cause, I, Cause I think, you know, I won't get into who, wow. who would be watching shows like this or <laughs> anything, but, but I think the world, the, <laughs> the, 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 the the view of like marriage and that is you know when you have the bachelorette or whatever and they and there's all this romantic stuff out you know i'm like that that's That not, wasn't your uh, experience? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe a day yeah, not me, like he flew me to weeks, Ireland you know? on our first day <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> or you know vietnam or something i mean but but uh, there's that and then you have you have well, you have my wife's favorite hallmark, but we won't get into that. But where you know every, <laughs> everything yep. always works out, and it's all you know. It's always, uh, and I think it just seems like we're inundated now. Not that we didn't have that before, but like when we were growing up, it was intermittent, and you wouldn't see. You couldn't turn on the TV every moment with Netflix. You can find one everywhere. Do you find that it that it's hard to get? Kids' attention as they get ready for that. I mean, that not not. It's not to be a downer, but I mean, it is to say, "Hey, look, <laughs> this is it." Yeah. Do you, do you in your in your experience is that something that you're th- that you notice or have a, have trouble getting over?
3: Um, I don't know. Like when my when we do marriage prep with couples, right? My right. husband and I, like talking about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think we realized after doing a couple. Um, marriage prep retreats that we kind of had to... You know, we thought, oh, this would be so great. We'll share these stories of, you know, the time we were unemployed or, you know, the, <laughs> right. you know, different low periods we've been through. And then we realized when we were reading some of their feedback and then really looking like their eyes were getting bigger. And I think they were getting a little scared. <laughs> so <laughs> um, We brought in a younger couple to help us give, you know, share some of their stories that they'd just been married a year or less. And they shared one of their big challenges was um, he had never been exposed to the concept of sharing your tube of toothpaste with someone else in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's the little things. I kind of like, I know. So we we realized we needed to lighten it up a little bit. And that story was pretty needed, you know, after. Oh,
4: good. Yeah.
3: (laughs) You're all our tough. That's funny. Yeah, I think that's true. But, you know, but still, like the human heart, we're made for greatness. And, you know, we feel that call we know it's just not all rose petals and, you know, champagne toast and stuff. And one of our friends, when we lived on the East Coast, um, she was really strong in her faith. And um, she was going to Catholic University of America as well. And through um, a friend of mine who was in the grad program in theology, she met this other young man who she ended up marrying. And when she carried her bride bouquet um, you know, at the wedding, she actually included a cross right there among the flowers, and her mom was like, "Oh, that's a little morbid, honey," but she really, you know, wanted to embrace yeah. that idea of like, mm-hmm. "I know what I'm getting into," and it, and it is beautiful, mm-hmm. but it is it is true sacrifice, and there's something noble about
2: that. So yeah. we had a
3: yeah, I think it is important. To
2: <coughs> well, and we that. had a we had a a great couple that. Um, that they no longer live in Bryan college station but we certainly keep in in touch with them and they used to do um one of the talk that they did for marriage prep was called um, decision to love and they talked about i mean basically mm-hmm. the premise is that you know y- you have to wake up every day and choose <laughs> because mm-hmm. you know you decide and choose to love this person because there's going to be many days that you wake up and you don't feel like loving them yeah. you know um and so and I and I think that's probably very hard to understand and and I could see the the wide eyes and the oh my gosh who you know who are these people but you know it, you you only get it after you've been married for a while you know and and it's not a bad thing it's just different you know it's just um it's just not you know the the butterflies and the you know
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: well and it's a good thing because I learned in studying you know about marriage and um, you know all, all this whole topic scientists have found that when you're when you're in that euphoric in love feeling mm-hmm. the state of your brain is not too dissimilar from insanity so it's not
2: meant <laughs> to be prolonged like, you know long term uh, I love it I, oh my gosh that is insane so in the membrane <laughs> uh, Gives new new meaning to. You. I'm insanely love in love with you. Yeah,
1: really.
4: <laughs> That's
2: right. Yeah, you gotta mellow that out.
1: But yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I, I think it. I think it's. I think part of it is is that this the. If you can make it through. I mean, I remember my dad. I've, I think I've told the story before, but but the when I got married and this has stuck with me forever. We were sitting. I was sitting back in the. What is that called? The vestibule or sacristy. Uh, sacristy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looking out and the music's playing and people are, co- are you know, my grandparents are walking in and Stephanie's uh, all these people are walking uh-huh. in and and my dad, who is my best man, literally just jumps in front of me as I'm looking, like, yeah, okay, what do you need, Dad? And he's <laughs> like he was like, Hey, listen, I I will we can go out this back door and head back across the Sabine <laughs> and they'll be chasing us, but we'll uh-huh. run faster. <laughs> But if you go out, but if you go out there and you say I do, you're in for good. There is no escape. You do not come to me and say I want out. You're making today. Wow. so if if I it's, I will leave and we can go right now. <laughs> and it, it stuck with me forever. You know, any time that it got, I was like, you know, you you're in. I mean, you don't you don't have mm-hmm. that. And I think that you know, at the time, it did kind of you know. Jump out at me, but now looking back, it even is more that you know meant a lot that my dad would even say that because it was so striking that it it was not an option to divorce. It was not an option to leave. It was not. I mean, the way he looked at it, it was just. I mean, you're if when you say I do, you're in.
0: I I think to you and I have talked about this on the show and outside of the show too. That you know, my father was a high school football and lacrosse coach, and I played for him and I was around him at practice, and I remember him, he would bring up marriage all the time when he would be talking to the players about the commitment that they needed to make to the team and to themselves as players and, and to executing their skills. All that was preparing them for staying committed as a husband and a father. And it it what it did wow. is it, it made... It made mar it like elevated marriage into this this heroic thing that you got to do as a man, mm-hmm. right. and I think that is so wow. important yeah. for men. I, I don't think it's the same way for for women. Mm-hmm. There's something else that I think, and maybe y'all can talk about what sort of myth, in a good sense, mm-hmm.
2: draws energy. women into mm-hmm.
0: marriage. But I think that sense of this heroic uh, adventure mm-hmm. or um, undertaking. I think that's so important for men. I think men are, are dying for that.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. That's I mean, like fun. I said, I never, I mean, not that I ever know, but the, during tough times, I, I I remember, I can hear my dad saying, you're in. I mean, <laughs> giving up is not an option. Yeah. I mean, so. Um, I was, and I was raised to much the same thing, you know. So, and of course I came from my mother probably always said similar things as I'm sure yours did. But mm-hmm. the one that jumps out is my dad. Saying that, yep. I don't know about yep. about, about about ladies. Any what do you y'all think about, about that? that? About? I
3: love that because I think I when you think about weddings, it's usually you know to especially the, and I so my sister just got married and it was a, a beautiful ceremony. But just kind of looking at the culture of weddings that a lot of the couples were preparing for marriage, you know, are, are part of. It's so much, even more now, about the bride. It's the bride's day. And the groom's just sort of there like a prop, you know? And I, I,
1: just, <laughs> I mean, I that's was, not the way it's supposed to be?
3: <laughs> no, it's not. But so I love that this is like a heroic calling and a manly <clears throat> calling for, for, you know, that your father's passed on to you, man to man. Like, to be a man is to be mm-hmm. a bridegroom. And that really points out to Jesus. Strong masculinity yeah. as bridegroom of mm-hmm. the church, and um, right. one of my favorite theology books is by um, Brant Petre mm-hmm. He's he teaches at um, he lives down in um, Louisiana, right? Yeah. right? Right, Stephanie, where you're from? Yeah, so right. and yeah, He
4: wrote a book called
3: "Jesus the Bridegroom," all about like the symbolism of the wedding of Cana and the, you know, the water turned to wine, but just really showing. Yeah, virility of Jesus and his strength and um, mm. and fidelity, and I I love that.
0: His um, book, The Case for the Jesus, is outstanding. By the way, I don't know if you've read that, Ooh. but it's very very good.
1: Oh, nice. Need, oh, need to do that?
2: Yeah. One. What's his uh, what? And what's his name?
0: Brant Petrie. P i t r e. Uh huh.
2: Petrie. Mm-hmm. Seeing that. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay. New little uh, new little tidbit of information there. Well,
1: so so um. So as you, I mean, as you go go through this, what would you have? I mean, Stephanie and I are. Well, okay, <laughs> let me clarify. Stephanie's planning a wedding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being. told. I'm not to planning to a leader. wedding. Well, I don't know who's planning <laughs> a wedding.
2: Lisa's planning, but a wedding. I'm not. But we have one. We I'm have just, one
1: coming up. Like, well, what would be what would be advice that you would give us? That you would give our kids? I mean, this is your son uh, getting married, correct? My, correct. My, yes. Yeah, our, our son getting married. Yes, because right. I I think. Sometimes you can get lost in the busyness of oh, I gotta get this check, mm-hmm. I gotta get that and, and maybe lose sight of the of the big picture. Or maybe not. I don't know. What do you think?
3: Yeah. We just I just had a guest on my radio show a couple months ago named Stephanie Callis. Mm-hmm. And she has a really great book called Invited, Catholic Wedding Planner, and then a website, spokenbride dot com, oh, which cool. is oh, nice. I think especially, you know, obviously for the bride to be, um, A great resource for, like, navigating all the vendors and all the busy stuff, but also keeping that Catholic perspective of what does this really mean? What, you know, how do we also keep an eye to looking ahead at the marriage? But, um, yeah, I just, there's, I love weddings so much. I love marriage (laughs) prep, just like you, Trey. And I love giving people advice about all these, all of these <laughs> things. So, just going through a really good marriage prep program is key. Learning natural family planning before yes. you're married, so that you know that's really great. I would even say human things like getting your debt in order. You know, getting debt free if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, now is a great time to go through Financial Peace University by yes. Dave Ramsey, or uh, at least make a plan. Um, I think all those are really good. And then, first and foremost. Keeping your focus on God, who's the mm-hmm. source of love, um, that's just going to, that's going to be the glue that's
2: going to keep you together. And, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. I'll have to give, um, I'll have to give Lisa this. She also has an Instagram, Spoken Bride. So. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the kids are all about and that. I think,
3: Instagram. She, I think Stephanie said she used to be a focused missionary as oh, well. Cool. So oh, I mean, I wow. think we were talking a bit about uh Thaddeus, we were just at a wedding of some focus missionaries. Are they going to be focus yes. missionaries?
0: Yeah, the 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 new husband already is a focus missionary, and now he, uh, his bride will be accompanying him um, on that um, missionary effort. I think they've got like a year and a half left.
1: So so wow. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of missionary, because I it, and this might be a cheesy segue, but. But but we're t- talking about <laughs> talking about you you'd mentioned about using evangel using a wedding as a as a, a means to evangelize, and and actually uh, I mean to extend that and coupled with you already saying that it's not just begins that day you live that marriage those marriage vows out forward it would be the same I would think that from that day forward your marriage and 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 in, and that maybe in that ceremony but going forward shouldn't we all be I mean uh, missionary and, and if so how you know how does that play out in a mm-hmm. wedding what advice would you give to help people be able to evangelize what type of things have you seen that are helpful and then and then how does that play out going forward because we if we're if we're catholic we should be missionary at heart not just on that day but down the road mm-hmm.
3: I love that question because I really love how the family is called to evangelize. You know, John Paul II said this, the future of evangelization is with the family, is with the domestic church, mm-hmm. um, and the family is, is founded on marriage. So right. um, I just love—you know, um, in our book, we have a quote from Pope Francis in Amoris Laetitia saying, um, let's see, frequently the celebrant speaks to a congregation—so this is at the wedding— the mm-hmm. congregation that includes people who seldom participate in the life of the church or who are members of other Christian denominations or religious communities. The occasion thus provides a valuable opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Christ. So, like, they're literally going to hear a gospel reading at the wedding. Mm-hmm. So right. there's, a you know, kind of an overt way of evangelizing. Mm-hmm. But then the couple themselves, by pledging, by vowing their love to each other, they are not just a representation, but also a participation in Jesus' nuptial relationship with the church and, you know, the, the union of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, just loving each other, being united, being a communion of life and love. So in a real way, you know, the couple proclaimed to all those gathered, all the witnesses, their family and friends. Love is real and alive, and we need to hear that today. And then Mm -hmm. decade by decade by decade, as their hair gets gray and, you know, (laughs) they're still continuing to proclaim love is real for the long term. It's possible, um, you know, uh, the loving this long, being faithful this long. And that encourages people to hope that if these two flawed (laughs) human beings can be Mm -hmm. faithful to each other, thick and thin for their whole life, God can be faithful to me, that His love for me, you know, is even more long-lasting than that. Mm. I think that's an encouraging message, because I think there's a lot of cynicism today about yes. love. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely.
2: So, absolutely. No, that is that is so beautiful. And I love when um, the priest takes the opportunity um, during the wedding ceremony, you know, to to kind of teach and talk, you know, because you do have such a captive audience. Um, yeah. You know, uh, of, of, because uh, I know, I know that, you know, there, there, it will be a predominantly Catholic wedding um, because both of the kids, our, our both of our kids are, um, that are getting married are Catholic. But um, there will be some groomsmen and some bridesmaids, I'm sure, and some other, you know, some other family members in the mm-hmm. church. And you, you do, you, you forget that that's a time to, A time to draw people back home, (laughs) you know, and and to and to profess um, and be an example of that of that love and that hope. I think that's a beautiful way to put it, Sarah, that it is it's just such a hope, you know,
1: because I Um, do think you're like you said, that cynicism. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah
3: well, and well, I think it's something. My sister um, was raised Catholic; she was baptized, and then the man she married, who's just—I love him to bits. He's wonderful, and he was raised in Taiwan, and oh, wow. you know, no, no um, Christian background with him. So um, there were at least half the people at the wedding were not Christian, or you oh. know. And so this was, wow. but I think it's really neat because the wedding, it starts with something really human. We can all understand a man and a woman loving each other and committing to lifelong love. And that kind of helps open your understanding. You know, it's like pulls back the veil to reveal a bit of the mystery of God's love. So my Mm -hmm. uncle is actually a priest and he's the one who celebrated the wedding. And I heard afterwards that um, one of the guests or someone from the wedding party was asking him what he meant in the homily or, or what, what we were talking about when we talked about grace, and he was explaining, like, you know, this is actually God, God gives us the power inside of us. You know, he shares his own life and, and, and empowers us. To, to do what he's calling us to do. And the response was like, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. Wow. And it was just, you know, like as he was like putting away his ch- chasuble or, you know, he was packing up mm-hmm. or whatnot after the wedding. But I thought that was just a, a great moment to be able to share that.
2: Yeah. Wow. And, and I
1: think I think both, like, so first, I think that you're, this, this world is unfortunately full full of cynicism with regard to the even the ability for somebody to stay married to somebody <laughs> Lifelong. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that couples well with a Catholic understanding of what grace is. That it that that it is. It empowers us. It it helps us. I always tell people that, you know, I'm different than I was when Stephanie and I got married. And and while well, Stephanie's a great trainer. <laughs> 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 and I, I you know, yeah. me, while, while being a slow, <laughs> a slow learner, that I can recognize, you know, God's grace in in my ability to let go of certain things that that I probably would have fought tooth and nail. I'm a big football fan, and. There were times in my life where I'd say, "Well, I will never miss this for that." Now I still struggle with that because I did tell my son that he could not get married on September seventh because Texas is playing LSU. But <laughs> <laughs> so, oh wow! And, and really, it, it needed to happen sometime before mid-August because <laughs> we know what happens then. But, but, but at the same time, I know that there was a day and age when I never would miss. And so that's part of dying to yourself. But I, I mean, I, it's it sounds silly, and I don't mean to be silly. Because if if anybody knows me, they could actually look at that and go, "Lord, I, I mean, you changed him. He has <laughs> made incredible progress." I mean, it's kind of sad that that's kind of the way yeah. it was. But you would say, I mean, you would, I mean, I was that way, right? I mean, and and I still have my moments, <laughs> but True. over time, but God's grace. And I guess maybe that's how you witness, right? I mean, is that what, I mean, that you can point to something in yourself that says, look, you know, there was a time when I could never imagine giving that up or letting this go or getting up in the middle of the night or whatever it is. And God's grace is what did that. It's not like I willed myself to do it.
3: Right. Absolutely, yeah. He knows just how to polish this up, and you know, <laughs> right. uh, bump off those hard parts, toughen up the soft parts through, and it just, and it's like custom chosen specifically for what our soul needs right. through the spouse that he gives us.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: I learned so much from my marriage with my husband. I think as I was growing up, I um, really. Focused a lot on achievement and getting good grades and academics and uh, kind of finding a lot of my sense of worth in that, I think. And my husband, so much, he is laid back and relaxed. And he's also super competent and super high achieving, but not in a stressed out way. <laughs> and I just really, really needed to see that example for like years and years and years to figure out how God's calling me to so just. Ease up and allow, you know, be still and know that he has got, he's got this. He's got this to run the universe. (laughs) Yes, yes, I love it, and you know, and he's just the perfect man to help me learn that.
2: over time, over time, oh, grace, yes. I mean,
3: sometimes grace is instant, and other times grace <laughs> is like slowly release. I think right.
1: <laughs> it's like those special pills, right? <laughs> <laughs> Immediate acting and then time release. <laughs> well, right. Well, I, I I think like if if you do, I, I think that's one of the things that I don't know. As we as as we look back, I mean, Stephanie and I have very some very similar traits but then there are others that are i mean exact opposite and mm-hmm. and um is that what you i mean in your time with dealing with couples <laughs> do you see that and how do you t- help people because i think you know i remember talking to a guy who said I you know i can't ever imagine arguing with my wife about it, my wife to be about anything and i'm like well then you probably don't know her very well or or she doesn't know you very well because at some point you're going to come across something that that you differ on and that can actually be a moment when grace is maybe God's calling you somewhere to in the middle. I mean, do you ever deal with that mm-hmm. or talk to them about that because and what do you think about you know, you get through your you get through your um marriage prep and you get married and you start about it. It seems like the church kind of drops off the face of the earth
4: i know <laughs> D- doesn't it
3: i know and i know and i loved in Amoris Laetitia, the joy of love that pope francis right, um, right. gave us in 2016 really talks about how we need to have a post cana not just pre-cana mm-hmm. marriage prep but like a follow-up
4: you know yes.
3: and with all the sacraments there's the preparation for the sacrament like when you're bringing your baby for baptism or right now we have a seven-year-old who's preparing for First communion and then two teenagers preparing for confirmation it's a big sacramental year in our house (laughs)
4: Um,
3: so there's the preparation like the classes you go to and the rehearsal and a retreat before each of these but then also there's the mystagogia which is after you've received that sacrament you continue to deepen your understanding of it and we need that in marriage as well and um I know. I would love to wave my magic wand and have every Catholic parish in the country, you know, be yeah. offering these awesome marriage enrichment um, opportunities for the newlyweds and yeah. also the. Um, yeah, are there are I there some that have it for decades?
1: Are there are there programs out there or or? Um, that you that are available. I yeah. mean, I'm asking. We didn't talk about that before, but I just I, I no. But
3: i go. You know, marriage prep is one of my passions, and I've been researching different Catholic marriage prep programs. So that was how I first saw your name, Trey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I or the that program is um, one of, that you helped create is one of my favorites. <clears throat> but I think today one of the newest ones that's really doing a really good job of this is called Witness to Love. Have you guys heard of Mary oh, yes, Rosemary from, and Ryan Veray. I in think Indiana so. again. Mm-hmm. So they, in their program, you the engaged couple picks their own mentor couple, and it has to be a church-going couple who's been sacramentally married for five years or more, and that they're just attracted to, you know, they want to have a marriage like that couple's marriage. They're, mm-hmm. they're being a good, joyful witness. Um, but what's really beautiful is they designed the program so that, You don't just like bring, the mentor couple doesn't just bring the engaged couple up to the wedding and then drop them off, you know, like so to speak. but they continue the relationship afterwards. And Rosemary was telling me the other day, she and Ryan were um, chatting with some friends in the parking lot after church. And they were looking around saying, there's a lot of other people chatting in the parking lot with friends after church. And it was all these newlywed couples or couples who've been married a few years talking with the, the couple that had been their mentor. So those relationships mm. were staying. And then what happens is that mentor couple is the bridge to the life of the parish for the engaged slash newlywed couple. So, mm. you know, then the mentor couple's like, oh, we're going to do this, you know, study program, you know, this Bible study series or whatever program the church is offering, you know, want to do it with us. And then with that personal invitation through that relationship, the engaged couples much more likely, or now newly married couple, to say, "Oh
2: yeah." And, um, so I think that's really good. And that's, really,
1: that's really, that's really good.
2: I, I mean, I think our kind of our answer to that here was the married couple groups that that we, you know, that we started that we, you know, were in. Oh. But but it would be nice to have something a little bit more, or to, you know, or to be a little bit more structured. I do, I did find too that we kind of tended to gravitate all, to, you know, they're all, we're probably all within like 10 years of each other. Trey and I always laughed. We're like, we want somebody older than us, <laughs> you know, cause it's, Harder you do, it's, nice. it, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, well, cause you do, you love seeing, it's so good to, to have, um, that mentor couple that's a few years down the road from you. And then yet it's so oh, good to be in relationship with those who were behind you to remember, you know, and to, and to really relish. Cause I think, you know, when you're probably at the time you're going through it, you're, you're not relishing as much as, you, well, you know, <laughs> as, much as you'd like <laughs> or should. <Yeah. laughs>
1: you know, I, I mean, I, when I think about it, I mean, the young couples often reminded me, cause I think of, I think of Chris, B- Chris Bartlett at one time we was kind of talking about things that were things being un. Tidy and not neat and not going as well as possible at our house and stuff and and he said you know I you know the other day I came home and the bike these and he's about ten years behind us he's like the bike was over here and you know the kitchen was still a mess and all that kind of stuff and and I was telling somebody about it and they said well that's just those are the signs of life and <laughs> and he shared that he shared that with me and I was like every time that I would come home and think. Oh, we got so much to do to clean up. You know, I would say, well, that's a sign, the, the signs of life. That's That means that the kids are healthy and the kids are, you know, involved and, and, and all the blessings that that outward mess shows. And right. sometimes we have to be reminded of that.
2: Yeah. No, I remember him. I do remember him talking about that. That was beautiful. The signs of life.
1: But I, that's great. Lots of I
3: signs. like that. My mom would always say, her mom would, <laughs> would tell her, the stables never clean when the cattle are in.
4: <laughs> yeah. right. I'm like, wait, uh, are you staying on a cow, mom? <laughs>
3: that's good thing That's awesome.
4: That's great. Uh, I think it was a good thing. It it's was a, a good,
3: good thing. thing. Because, a yeah, good. that's right. You know, you love to have your families with you, and yeah, they're doing things. I like that yeah, kind of life. Yeah,
2: yeah. What would yeah. I think is, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to kind of let Sarah know we probably have a, or maybe you too, we have about four or five minutes left. So if there's anything that, uh, Sarah, that's that's burning out of your book, uh, if you've got any burning <laughs> bushes over there that you need to, <laughs> that Aww. you would like to share. Um, I, I mean, we, you know, we would, uh, like I said, we're so looking forward to to getting your book, Catechism for the Family. Oh, um, um the, Yeah, yes. Well, I
3: just think, uh, yeah, so in the Catechism for Family Life, in our section on tying the knot, I just think it's really Beautiful how Pope Francis, um, we have a couple quotes from him to answer the question, why should Christians aim to celebrate their wedding simply and prayerfully? Mm -hmm. And he really spent a lot of time on this in Amoris Laetitia, so we have a couple quotes from that. But basically, the point is, you know, it's the love, the grace, that really should be the center of the celebration. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. And then he had, we quote from where he addressed engaged couples who are preparing for marriage on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2014. Mm. And he said, make it a real celebration because marriage is a celebration, a Christian celebration, not a worldly feast. Um, mm. What happened in Cana 2,000 years ago happens today at every wedding celebration. That which makes your wedding full and profoundly true will be the presence of the Lord who reveals himself and gives him grace. And so he's saying, Mm. you know, he goes on to say, like, don't get overwhelmed or consumed with the exterior details, the banquet, the photos, the clothes, the flowers. The real reason for your joy is the Lord's blessing on your love. Mm. I think that's just really good. Like when you were asking earlier, Trey, like what makes a Catholic wedding different? I think what should mark a Christian wedding is really that the Lord's presence is there. And so we can rely on that to make it a joyful celebration and we don't have to lay all the weight of the beauty and meaning and like success of this wedding day on, you know, the perfect flowers, the perfect this and that. And, you know, it's, it's the Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah no. And I that's think a beautiful reminder. And you do have to remind, I think sometimes, I mean, I think you, I think that's one of the things that, I mean, life is that way trying to live it out. The, the, you know, you get so busy and you mm-hmm. and you forget and, and you need to have people who remind you. You need to remind yourself. You need to remind your spouse and you need to be reminded by your spouse, I think, because it is so easy to let moments slip by that shouldn't slip by without acknowledging that Christ is in the center of this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and yes, and that marriage is just the beginning, mm-hmm. is just the beginning of that. But I do remember, I mean... Steph typed up the entire, <laughs> the the whole, every word. I mean, I said you can't type the homily for the priest.
2: <laughs> I didn't. I left <laughs> the homily too.
1: <laughs> but every single thing. I wish we still had, do. We still have. Oh,
2: that? of course I still.
1: Oh, have Oh my goodness. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, well, I, I But I do think it's important, and so I think we'll you know going forward, we'll we we need to you know, continue to build on this. Cause the questions you have, I think are outstanding. Um, and they're ones that as you ask the question, I'm like, well, I never really asked that question, but, what's the answer?
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's great. It's great to remember. It's yeah. great to remember. So. <laughs> well, Sarah, we have it certainly. Well, I love
4: what you just said. What's that? Yeah. Oh,
2: just that, you know,
3: that just, I, that really reminded me like, uh, it's just not just at the wedding, it's the Lord's presence that makes it all joyful. Yeah. But yeah, you're right in our daily life. And at my sister's wedding, the wedding coordinator from the chapel, it was at the Seattle University's St. Ignatius Chapel there. And she was just really professional and, spiritual uh, wedding coordinator there who kind of led us all through the rehearsal. And she said, this is like, we're opening at the rehearsal the night before she said, it's like we're opening the door to, you know, these days of celebration. And, but really I was thinking it really to the whole married life that my Mm -hmm. sister and her um, husband, we're opening up to, but it's that whole life where Jesus is present with us. So thanks right. for the
4: reminder uh, yeah,
2: and thanks yeah. for the, the conversation, you guys. Oh, yeah, yes, thank you. thank you, thank you. We're going to end with our uh, verse from Matthew nineteen six. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Matthew nineteen six. Our memory verse for the week. Remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray. Parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. Thanks for joining us today. God bless. Pray for us, we're praying for you.
1: He reigns.
0: From the cross to the grave in heaven. From the cross